Welcome to Neuro Insights, a podcast that gives you insight into the latest research in organizational psychology, workplace well-being, and mental health. I'm Vivian, the Chief Research Officer here at Neuro. And I'm Peter, a researcher and content creator at Neuro, where we create science-based 15-minute micro-learnings for managers to improve mental health in the workplace. Each week, we'll be discussing a new journal article that sheds light on ways to enhance mental health at work, both for you and your team. Let's dive into the research to find out what neuroinsight you could implement today. And today, we're going through an article called Why It's So Lonely at the Top. And I think this is really important for neuro especially because in looking at various factors affecting mental health at the workplace, loneliness or social connection really comes out on the top and understanding what causes loneliness, I think, is crucial to solving the problem of mental health that we're facing at the workplace. Yeah, so we'll look at factors that contribute to loneliness as well as what are some solutions. And the great thing about Journal Club is we look at the research, but we also want to ask why, what's what's going on, and, and just kind of bring together thoughts um, as we just march through this each week. And, and I think we'll come out with some solutions, some other questions, and just keep going on. That's the pursuit. Well, let's get started. This article is interesting because we... Uh, it, it focuses on managers in particular and their loneliness. And he says, uh, the author here is Arthur Brooks, and he says that isolation and loneliness at the top are a special source of unhappiness for people at the top. And then he goes into um, just some general statistics about um, how important relationship and friendship is at the office and uh, 90%, I, I was actually surprised when I saw that that was 90%, say, I have friends from work. That's okay. Yeah, that's a good thing. Um, 70% say friendship at work is the most important element to a happy work life. 58% say that they would, quote, uh, would turn down a higher paying job, job if it meant not getting along with my coworkers. And so these are two different surveys done by Future Workplace and then the Virgin Pulse. Wow. So 58% would turn down a higher paid job if it meant it was a miserable time with their um, coworkers. Then uh, he goes on to uh, quote another survey, which says employees who say they have um, a best friend at work are almost twice as likely as others to enjoy their workday and almost 50% more likely to report high social well-being. So he's starting to craft that, craft this image that relationships matter, friendship matters, and then when you have good friendship, that means um, a lot at work. Just a lot of different uh, research here, so I'm just going to kind of blow through it at the beginning, and then we're going to um, talk more about the article. So this one's from Harvard Business Review. Half of the CEOs um, experience loneliness on the job, and most of them feel loneliness hinders their work performance. So this is starting to get um, our finger onto something about management. Um, management struggles with loneliness. It affects their work performance. CEOs, management are also known to work the most amount of hours, so they're working a lot and their work performance matters, yet they're also experiencing 
um, high degrees of loneliness. I think that's probably related to stress and pressure they feel, I'm guessing, at the top. Uh, but I'm sure you'll go more into different factors relating to loneliness at the top. Yeah, so this article uh, does um, talk a little bit about what does it mean to be at the top and how is that sort of a special isolation um, and how others don't um, feel that. Uh, so the position, he says that CEOs are lonely in a crowd. And I thought that was interesting. They're the ones that go to the most meetings, um, but they lack meaningful relationships that others have. So who other than the CEO goes to as many meetings? I mean, they're in this meeting, that meeting, they're, they know everyone in the company. So what is it about them that they're feeling so lonely? And um, part of that is friendship and the relationship that people have when you are the boss and then everyone else is your subordinate. And this is kind of what uh, the author begins to describe. He says um, the top have less friendships and that leads to uh, greater senses of burnout, work performance, less, less work performance. It's really the, uh, a problem that all of us have, but managers need to be more intentional about it. And so one is the dynamic, the relationship dynamic. Uh, there's a famous study in 2004 in which the Princeton psychologist Daniel uh, Kahneman did a study on um, work colleagues or, or, or various people working in the office. <laughs> and he said, what's the best part of your day? What's the worst part of your day? And so they go through different factors about, uh, you know, having meals with people, this and that uh, interaction during the day. And these are areas that um, are good. But then when it came to what what's the worst part of your day, in the study it revealed that uh, number one by far was interacting with your boss. So this goes on to illustrate how the dynamic that people have with their boss is that the boss knows they don't want, that the subordinate doesn't want to be in a relationship with them. They don't want to be friends. And that's lonely. Yeah. So every interaction is sort of a forced friendship. It lacks intimacy. It lacks genuine relationship. And then uh, the boss, on the other hand, has this awkward situation where their job is to get people to do things that they don't want to do. Maybe they do want to do some of them, but their job is to, uh, in some ways, well, they, they say here that they have to use manipulation to and other techniques of persuasion to get people to do things. So that is part of uh, the relationship between a manager and their subordinates. And then on top of that, they also, part of their job is to appraise workers. Appraise, meaning we, evaluate and give performance reviews. Exactly. So their job is to measure what an employee, team member, whatever you want to call them. Once you're the one that gives a score on how someone works, there's immediately a gap between your relationship. Right. And if they, and rightfully so, if they want to do it um, impartially, they kind of need some distance in their relationship. Mm -hmm. And yet, 
you can't deny that that's going to do something to every relationship you have, if that is the case. Uh, the article goes into um, one specific concern. Uh, he says, lonely leaders who are working crushing hours often tell me they have no choice if they want to succeed. And he says, well, I don't buy it. When I dug a little, I usually find symptoms of a common disease among successful people. And his reason is workaholism. So not only do leaders have this weird dynamic with their workers, but they also suffer from workaholism, uh, which is the compulsion or the uncontrolled need to work incessantly, which I love that. Or another definition um, that's a simple summary is the fear of failure. And that's what's driving your need to work. And so uh, these people are working more hours at work, um, but don't have relationships at work, which then their relationships outside of work, such as with family members and friends, is less. There's less hours in the day for them to go meet friends. And then the time that they should be with family, either eating dinners, going for walks, they're at work or in the office or occupied by other thoughts rather than building those relationships. So um, on all fronts, we start to see how this person is becoming isolated and their relationships are suffering. And then there was an interesting uh, quote about workaholism that I liked. Achieving more and more gives people a momentary relief from fear. So if you have a fear of failure, achievement, what it does is just give you a short-term relief. What about happy leaders? What are they doing that lonely leaders are not doing. And it really comes down to um, happy leaders don't leave friendship up to chance. And so the author talks about Ben Franklin, actually. And in 1727, he founded what he called the uh, Junto Club. It's either Junto or Junto Club. And it was this informal group of men that were about the same level of responsibility as he was at the time. What the author describes this group meant was it was an outlet where he could develop real friendships, speak freely, seek advice, and develop ideas. And it was something that was um, an intimate community outside of work. The other element of this that he talks about is intentionality. So um, everyone needs to be intentional with their relationships, but that loneliness that managers face means that they need to intentionally build friendships and reach out more uh, in, in spend more effort doing that than the average person because of their situation and because of their need. And that, that can take any form. It could be meeting up for golf, for walks. Um, it doesn't matter what the activity is. It's just trying to build that community of relationships. If I may interrupt here, I'm curious to know if there are opportunities now in the workplace that are similar to that club where managers could go and find community and, and build friendship and talk about advice and ideas. Do you think there exists such a thing or what options are available for managers right now in the workplace? Yeah, what options are available? I think it's either it's at the company or it's not. 
Would that make sense to you? What do you mean by that? Yeah, I mean, I think um, if you asked around, there's probably some people that go, oh, yeah, I can talk to our friends. We have this thing set up. Or it's just not there at all. And I think um, more often than not, the case is that managers don't get enough time to have that kind of community because they're focused on their own teams and hearing things come up to them rather than have some kind of community of managers that they can reach out to and talk. And I think there's also the dynamic, not written in this article, that managers might also be, I don't know, if uh, competing with other managers within their own companies. So that can make it difficult to uh, share vulnerably with someone at work if they use that against you. So yeah, where is this community that people are looking for um, if it is indeed what, what managers need? And I think that's something that we're, we're looking at. Well, I know it's something that we're looking at uh, within Neuro. How do we build communities for managers to share honestly and appropriately so that they can build their network of sharing situations that they're going through? Because you, you get a great sense of support when you share what you're going through. And then you can also get skills and advice from others that are going through the same thing as you. Right. So I think the answer is... We don't really see any structured way that managers can reach out and have that that same kind of community that perhaps their teammates or their employees do amongst each other. And I think that's a really interesting challenge or problem. Yeah, exactly. You know, we've talked about at Neuro before, not on our podcast or anything, different levels of friendship that everyone needs. Um, they can be intimate relationships. Um, such as family members, the second circle is relational. Those are, you know, buddies, friends that you go for a walk with or talk over lunch. And then there are collective friendships that we as a group, I might not, I might know your name and I know we work at the same organization. We, we can just share a, a little chit chat before a meeting, but that might be it. We need all these different types of relationship together. And how do we get them all? Well, we need to be intentional about it. We need to learn about it and become aware that we need these types of relationships, all, all levels of it. Um, and we might need someone to help us facilitate that. Yeah. And it's what you said about, I think managers are thinking a lot about how to create that kind of environment in their team. So maybe they're thinking, how can I create those relationships in my team? How can I take care of my team? But then the question is, well, who's doing that for the managers? Who's taking care of the managers and making sure that they feel supported and they feel connected to each other? Yeah, exactly. Let's open up questions uh, to the team. They're in the back room. If there are any questions that they'd like to ask, you can go ahead and type those in. And we can keep talking too. Yeah, I think... I'd like to talk a bit about this core problem of loneliness. And I know we do a lot of research here at Nero about that. Why is this problem of loneliness so important at the workplace? Well, could you be more specific? Because, um, I mean, I think there's uh, just a lot of talk right now about how important it is as an issue. I mean, it's leading to burnout. It's leading to um, people quitting their jobs, changing jobs, not staying um, they can be absent at work or um, show up to work, but not really there, checked out, burnt out, yeah. done. Yeah, I think 
there is a lot of research about loneliness and engagement how when you don't feel like you belong or you don't have a community you're less likely to be engaged and we all know that engagement leads to higher productivity like if you have an engaged employee you're more likely to to have a productive workforce and so in many ways i think loneliness is very tied to other metrics that we can see like performance and turnover but but maybe it's a more hidden factor were there other thoughts that came up from this article or studies that you found to be interesting yeah, I mean, I, I I have one question. Are there causes other than workaholism that are affecting managers um, that you could think of that cause loneliness? So the number of hours they're working is pulling them away from um, meaningful interactions and community and relationships. And then the second question, so it's it's kind of two different things. There's workaholism is a problem for a manager, but then there's also the the work relationship between a boss and an employee, can that change at all so that that person is less lonely? And what I've been reading uh, recently, I'm working on one of our uh, trainings, our micro learnings, we call them journeys and experiences. And one of them talks about vulnerability. What I saw that wasn't mentioned in this article, but um, in, in the research is that Vulnerability is a really helpful tool. When a team feels safe, they can be vulnerable and bring their authentic selves. When you share your authentic self and are able to be vulnerable within reason, you're not just sharing anything you feel or think um, and throwing it at the team, then that team becomes uh, a place that you feel you're known and you you can share things and other people can interact with you and you start to build a relationship. And I think... A lot of managers think, oh, I can't share this with my team. That's too vulnerable. Uh, maybe your family's going through a hard time. Someone um, in your family is sick in the hospital. You don't have to share all the details, but you can say, we're going through a really hard time at home. Um, I feel stressed about it. And honestly, I think about it while I work. Now, that that's a vulnerable statement, but it's not oversharing. And then all of a sudden, that person feels like their work community is actually a meaningful community to them. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's something that can change that boss-employee dynamic. Now, you're always going to be a boss. You're always going to rate people. But maybe maybe there's a way to um, lessen the gap that causes that loneliness. Yeah, I think there's a lot of pressure to, as a leader, to feel like you don't have any weakness or you can't show that weakness. But in fact... Good, a good leader is one who can be honest about where they're at. And I think if we had more leaders or more managers who leaned into that and were more vulnerable and saw that as actually a strength rather than a weakness, I think we would see less loneliness in the workplace. I think we would see uh, that relationship between the bosses and the employees perhaps being changed in some way. Yeah, and I think there's a great pressure for every employee or every manager to be you know, the hotshot, charismatic leader and everything. You know, a lot of people that end up in management is just because they've worked really hard and gotten there, you know, eventually one day. Vulnerability and this ability to share is actually just a tool. It, it's a skill that can be learned over time. Mm-hmm. So, yes, yeah, so we have a question from the chat from the team here. It says, what are the barriers that prevent 
managers from seeking help for their loneliness? Uh, that's a good question because it brings up um, what's making them hesitant to share, what's what's stopping them from uh, reaching out. And well, I think number one would be, what do people think of me? Or if I share this, is it going to have a negative impact on my job once people know I'm struggling with this? Mm-hmm. And then when, when people don't share, that kind of is when it builds up and becomes more serious mental health problems that are not detected earlier. Yeah, as well as affects productivity because you're carrying this this weight. It's affecting how you're working each day and it's not getting solved. So it just accumulates mm-hmm. over time and soon the team suffers or your your specific workload suffers. And yet here you are like dealing with this thing. Yeah, I think another barrier perhaps is that it's not on the radar of managers. I think a lot of, especially when you think about CEOs, what is their biggest concern? It's growing the company, it's sales, it's networking, uh, and they may not see their loneliness as a priority. And I think a lot of times when you think about mental health, it's not that anyone goes out being like, I want to be depressed or whatever. It's just, it creeps up on you when you're thinking or about other things and when you're prioritizing other things. So I think one barrier is just that managers perhaps are not aware that this is a serious issue and thus don't seek out ways to build community or to reduce that loneliness. Yeah. And one thing is we all need help. We, we don't know everything. And the pressure of being a CEO is probably, oh, I have, I have to show that I know everything. But when it comes to your personal life as well as your work life, there are blind spots that we all have, which might be um, relationships and sharing those, those type of things. So then maybe a barrier is who's facilitating these kind of conversations, who's facilitating and reaching out or making that initiative Um, to bring managers together to share these kind of things. I know that when I have something I'm struggling with, the first thing I do is not share it. Um, And so if I need help sharing that, maybe I need someone to ask me, hey, how's it going? Or um, Peter, I remember we've talked about this in your life. Uh, Are you making those tangible steps that we talked about to change? Uh, that would really help me out. And I think that's something at Neuro that we're developing is how do we uh, create that community where people feel safe? um, And and it's a a place where they are not at high risk for sharing. uh, And it's peer-to-peer support, um, which we've talked about before. They can come together, get that intentional community that they need. Mm -hmm. And it's proactively seeking them out and facilitating these conversations that's going to help improve their mental health and the mental health of, the, of their teams. Mm-hmm. And I think also building awareness and education around the importance of social connection at the workplace, I think is a key piece to the solution because you're then telling managers that it's not just about productivity, but hey, building social relationships and caring about your loneliness and your connection is connected to your mental health, which is then connected to your productivity. Yeah, exactly. I mean, at the end of the day, it's going to come back to your productivity, which um, does um, all these things that we talk about, increase productivity, 
but um, a better quality of life is so much more valuable when we put it all together. Yeah, so uh, that was a good question and a good conversation, I think. Um, was there anything you wanted to add to, to finish up? Yeah, I guess the last thing I wanted to, to add is the difference between physical isolation and emotional isolation, because one thing that this article points out is that you can be in a ton of meetings, you can see a bunch of people, but still feel lonely. And the phrase is lonely in a crowd. And I think a lot of times we can associate isolation with, with loneliness. So, oh, I am introverted. I stay at home all the time. That must mean I'm lonely. Whereas what I found interesting in reading research was that the two are actually not the same. And you can be at home and be introverted and that you actually may feel fine. Or you could be extroverted and be with a ton of people and yet still feel lonely. And so thereby loneliness is not a physical definition of how many friends you have, or how many interactions you have, but it's more so, am I getting the quota that I need? Am I getting the meaningful interactions per day that I need? And I think that's a really interesting challenge for even us. You know, we may not be managers, but I think it's important to think about for each of us, are we getting that? number of meaningful interactions, even though we're seeing a ton of people each day. Yeah. And coming back to what's really helpful is we all need people thinking for us. Uh, we can't think of everything ourselves. And so again, that's why neuro is great because it's helping people think about these things. Um, we need people asking us those intentional questions. Hey, how are your relationships going? Okay. So you have some deep friendships, but what about at work? Are you able to uh, work as a team and feel connected there. Now, I know you're not sharing your um, birthday wishes and deep, dark secrets, but are you able to interact at all different levels? Well, we need people thinking about us in that way, and we just we can't do it on our own. Mm -hmm, for sure. Well, thanks so much, Peter, for bringing up this big challenge. I think that not just us at Nero, but a lot of people around the world are trying to, to tackle. And I think over the next months. We will be looking at various angles of this problem. We'll be looking at various interventions that try to increase social connectedness and, and see where we fit in and what the research is saying about social connection, loneliness, mental health, and the workplace. Well, thanks for having me, Vivian, and I'll see you next time. Thank you.